Hey everyone, this is Jamie Austin, pastor of Woodlake Church. Thank you so much for listening today. If you'd like to know more about Woodlake, head on over to woodlake.church and enjoy this message. We've been in the middle of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 where the Apostle Paul is, is trying to coach the Corinthian church about the gifts of the Spirit, uh, gifts that the Holy Spirit has given to the church. Some of you are saying, man, what, what, what are you talking about gifts? What are you talking about the Holy Spirit? The Lord, through the Holy Spirit, has given his church gifts. And we've talked about, we've talked about uh, power gifts. We've talked about vocal gifts. We've talked about revelation gifts. And I don't have time to go all the way back through it. But if you've missed the last several weeks, we have a QR code that's going to be on the screen right here. Take a picture of that. And I want to challenge you. Uh, go back and look at these messages. If you would like my notes... Here's the cool part about it. My wife, Jen, is also my assistant here at the church. You can email her at info at woodlake.church. And many of you have done this already. You say, I want pastor's notes to go back so I can follow. You, you email info at woodlake.church and she will send you the notes to this message series in God's word good. And man, that's all we've been doing is just looking at God's word. So just a quick refresher. When it comes to the gifts of the spirit, uh, like we've been talking about over the last several weeks, there are two reasons the gifts are present within the body of Christ. Number one, to point to Jesus, not to point to a person. Uh, some of us have been turned off by this, by the gifts or the idea of the gifts or even the teaching on the gifts because maybe you've been in a church setting where somebody did something, blamed it on the Holy Spirit, called it a gift, when in reality what they were doing is drawing attention to themselves. And they were trying to hijack a service. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but if you've been raised in Pentecost or charismatic circles, you've probably, you've probably seen that a time or ten, Right? And, and the reality is when the gifts are present, when they are authentic, they will always direct people to Jesus, not to a person. Jesus said when the Holy Spirit comes, he will testify about me. Jesus said that. The Holy Spirit will testify about me. So, so whenever the gifts are present, ask yourself this question, does it point to Jesus? Secondly, the gifts are present within the body of Christ to build up and encourage to build up and encourage. Why do we want the gifts present within the church? Folks, I need to be built up and encouraged. Anybody else? Thank you for like three amens. No, pastor, we're just, we're just full of faith, hallelujah, and everything's going good because I'm blessed and highly favored. We say that, but let's keep it real. Some of us are in here today and you've had a Monday morning that started in January and it's still going. I need to be built up and encouraged. And every time we come together within the church and the gifts are present, they are there to build us up. So when there's a prophecy, a message in tongues, interpretation of tongues, a gift of faith, whatever it is, it's going to be there to encourage us. Some of us have been in church settings where somebody gave a prophecy and it, it sounded like we were getting a tongue lashing. I'm going to be real, real honest. That's not biblical. Even when I'm getting instruction from the Lord, it's for my good. And he's going to build me up. Amen? 
Amen. So this week, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go into uh, probably, and, and this is intentional, probably a, a topic in scripture that, that there have been denominations created over for all of this. We are going to talk about none other than the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Y'all with me here today? Now, some of you are saying, hey, you know what? I've not even heard there was a Holy Spirit. In fact, you might have been raised in a church setting where people simply skipped over the book of Acts and, and Corinthians. In fact, I had, I had several people email me and say, you know what? When I grew up in a church that when it just came to, to the book of Acts, Acts 2 and 4 and all those other places where the Holy Spirit was present, we just didn't talk about it. Okay? If it's in the Bible, it's for our good. And we need to pay attention to some things. You may have been raised in a church where you think, you know what? When I was saved, I was told I had the Holy Spirit. You're right. You were. But in Scripture, and I'm going to show you very plainly, so get your pens and papers out, because some of us here today, you're already kind of bristling up going, I don't, I don't know about this. If that's you here today, number one, relax. And the best thing you can do is when you leave this place, is go wrestle with scripture. Why? Because scripture will always win. Is that okay? Okay. All right. Charles Finney, the 19th century evangelist, he came to Christ after a real intense intellectual uh, journey, spiritual journey. Uh, And so those of you that are here today and you would consider yourself analytical or intellectual and boy, you have to wrestle with scripture and you you have to wrestle with this Jesus thing and this faith. Listen, that's how God wired you. And God can use that. Can I have an amen? And that's how Charles Finney came to know how he came to a relationship with the Lord and studied scripture. And, and there is an account in his journals of where he came to the Lord. And, and in fact, he, he, he not only came to the Lord, but was baptized with the Holy Spirit. And he, he said it this way. He said, at a moment entirely unexpected by me, the Holy Spirit descended upon me in a manner that seemed to go through me, body and soul. I could feel the impression like a wave of electricity going through me. Listen to this, what he said. Indeed, it seemed to come in waves and waves of liquid love for I could not express it any other way. Those of us that have been baptized with the Holy Spirit, you would say that is probably one of the greatest articulated uh, ways in which, which it feels like to be baptized of the Holy Spirit. Just waves of liquid love being poured over my soul. What am I trying to say here today? If you are a believer, you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In fact, Scripture says not only to be filled with the Spirit, but be, but be continually filled with the Spirit. So some of us are here today and you say, Pastor, I was, I was filled or baptized with the Holy Spirit when I was a, a teenager. That is awesome, but it's been 50 years. Why do we need to be continually filled with the Spirit? I'm going to give you the most super theological answer in the world. And some of us are going to need somebody to, to explain it to us and get your commentaries out. And here it is. You ready? We need to be continually filled. Here's the answer. Because we leak Hmm, pastor's so deep. What am I trying to say? 
that I can experience the power of the Holy Spirit on a regular basis. Not only can I, but I need to experience the power of God's presence, his infilling power on a regular basis. So as we end our series on the gifts today, I'm gonna to take you to a passage, many passages of scripture today, but, but, our, but our hinge pin scripture today is this, Acts chapter one, beginning with verse four. Jesus speaking, on one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this, listen to this, this command. Is a command and a suggestion different? Not a trick question. He gave them this suggestion. No, that's not what it says. He gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. Okay, and we know this because John 14, 15, and 16, he talked about it over and over again, the, the Holy Spirit, right? For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. One of the things I love about scripture is this. It all connects. Can I have an amen? And I'm gonna show you where it all connects here today. So you have Jesus who gave this, everybody say it with me, command. He said, wait. I, I love what, what um, I love what uh, a lot of people say. They say, well, the last words of Jesus were go. Go into all the world. That was not the last words of Jesus. His last words were wait. We in the modern church have a problem with waiting. I'm gonna say this. We have an entire service dedicated to waiting Wednesday night in our prayer service. Pastor Brandon, Pastor Jordan, you know I'm gonna give you this commercial every, every week. 6.30, Wednesday night, it is my favorite and probably the most, in service, most important service of this church family is our Wednesday night prayer service. Dinner starts at 5.30, service starts at 6.30. We have something for the entire family. Pastor, get on with it. You tell us all the time. I'm gonna keep telling you until you show up. Yes, I know it's getting full. But it is, this service is dedicated to waiting on the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen? So be there. Be there. So when we talk about the, the Holy Spirit, and listen, it's important here today because some of us, maybe we've been talking about the gifts for, for several weeks now, and man, now you're open to the gifts, but now we really need to be open to the giver of the gifts and what he has for our lives. And there's, there's, a, there's a pragmatic or a practical side to, to this here today, okay? Uh, now, you may be saying, Jamie, I, I was baptized in water. I received the Holy Spirit when I was saved. You, you're right. But I'm going to show you in Scripture where there are three baptisms. Everybody with me? Three baptisms. First one is this. The Holy Spirit baptizes into the body of Christ. When you become a Christian, you didn't, you didn't all of a sudden under, just, just say, you know what? Jesus makes sense. I'm going to give him a shot. If you're a Christian here today, you're a believer, it's because the Holy Spirit, we've been talking about this for the last several weeks, because the Holy Spirit opened your heart to believe. We've been talking about the gifts, 1 Corinthians 12, no one can say Jesus is Lord, what? Except by the Holy Spirit. In fact, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, for we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. What Paul is saying is that the Holy Spirit is the instrument or mechanism through which a believer enters the body of Christ. So if you're a Christian here today, now listen to me, not a church member, 
not somebody who grandma prayed for. If you are saved today, if you are an authentic Christian, you came to Christ through the Holy Spirit. You were baptized into the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit. Are you tracking with me here today? Now, this is a picture of what happens to us in, ultimately in water baptism, okay? Moses, or, or, or Paul kind of broke down uh, this experience in the Old Testament. If you were here just a couple of years ago, we did a series on, on foreshadowing in the Bible, the fact that the Old Testament was showing us what God was going to ultimately do through Jesus Christ. And Paul says this, speaking of, of the children of Israel crossing the Red Sea, it says this, they were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They ate the same spiritual food, drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. So Jesus didn't just show up in the New Testament. He was very present in the Old Testament, and God was going to explain to us how we were going to be saved and set free in a right relationship with him, even all the way back then. In the crossing of the Red Sea, I know I'm giving you a lot here today, but, but take notes, okay? So the Apostle Paul, again, is trying to connect the dots, connect the scriptures. You, you see what I'm saying here today? So that when they crossed over in the Red Sea, we have a picture of water baptism, don't we? But ultimately, that's a spiritual picture of what happens when you come to Christ. You cross over from death to life. The children of Israel crossed out of Egypt into newness of life. They were following Moses, amen? And I love what happened when they got to the other side, God caused the waters to come and kill the Egyptian army. Wouldn't you love to see that? Wouldn't you love to see the, in fact, if you read the account that the chariots just wouldn't work anymore and all of a sudden the water comes, but isn't that exactly what happens when we say yes to Jesus Christ? We cross over from death into life because of Jesus, amen? And, and, and when we cross over by faith, our old nature is put to death, it is killed. That's what we see in water baptism too, that's a symbolizing, our old self dies, Scripture says this, that they put their faith in God and in Moses. That's a picture of salvation, right? We come to God through faith in Jesus Christ. Some of you, the lights are going on for the first time right now, aren't you? Going, huh, the Bible connects, right? You see, the Holy Spirit enables me to cross over from my old life in sin and flesh and living life the way I want to live it, Amen helps me cross over from the opinions of this world and the, and, and the bondage that is here from death to life into, into, into captivity, into freedom in Jesus. So the Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body of Christ. So again, if you were raised in a, in, in a denomination or a teaching where you said you had the Holy Spirit when you got saved, you are absolutely right. The Holy Spirit is how you came to faith in Jesus Christ. Are you with me? I'm gonna move quickly here today. So there's the first baptism. Here's the second baptism, okay? The disciple baptizes in water. So here we're gonna talk about water baptism, okay? If you've not been water baptized, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you when we're gonna do that right now. So get your pens out and ready to go. Some of you are saying, Jamie, I don't need to be water baptized. Yes, you do. Well, Jamie, I don't have to be water baptized to be saved. You're absolutely right. But I believe steps of obedience according to the word of God leads to breakthrough in our life. Luke chapter three, verse 16, John the Baptist. John answered them all, I baptize you with water. 
but the one who is more powerful than I will come, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He's speaking of Jesus right there. Jesus gives this command in Matthew 28, 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. That's, that's water baptism. Water baptism serves as a sign that we now identify with Christ. Does that make sense? That water, just like when, when the water uh, covered over the Egyptians and killed them, that was a sign that they were leaving captivity and entering newness to life. That's exactly what water baptism does. When I go down into the water, that's signifying that my old life has now been buried and I am raised to newness of life because of Jesus Christ. Listen, some of you in here today, the lights are going on. And it's powerful. Colossians, Paul writes it this way, having been buried with him in baptism. Amen? Romans 6, 4, Paul says that we were there, therefore, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Don't you love that? It is important. Water baptism is important, folks. It's not only important for you, it's important for the body of Christ. I love, I love hearing stories of some of our old timers, how they were baptized. Uh, I, I've heard stories. How many of you heard the stories that it was the dead of winter and when I came to Christ, man, we went out and went to a, went to a frozen creek or a cow pond and we broke the ice and, and I'm like, those are dedicated. No wonder they stayed saved all these years, right? If you got to break ice and get in a cow pond to get baptized, I mean, you were dedicated, amen? <laughs> Someone once said it this way, it takes an average of 80 gallons of water to baptize to a believer and, and exactly eight drops of rain to keep him out of church. But that's besides the point, okay? That's, Pastor Dan knows what I'm talking about. Okay, sorry. Okay, all right. That wasn't part of the message and I'm gonna hear about it. Okay. The word baptize in the original language literally means this, to plunge, to drown, to overwhelm, to flood. That's why we don't sprinkle here. Uh, that's why we, we don't dab with a little bit of water. We believe that, that scripture is very clear that baptism is what we call by immersion. That water represents the grave, amen? Now, if you're here today and you're struggling with should I be water baptized, the Bible's already settled that issue. You say, Jamie, does it make me a better Christian? Let me tell you this, the water is not magical. It's not special bapti baptizing water that we go get at Mardell's, okay? It's, it's not a thing, all right? In fact, <laughs> in fact, thank you, Mr. Bill, it's at least somewhat warm when you get in, right? Or we could do an old-timey experience if they really want it, okay, so that's a void. But as we are obedient to scripture, Write this down if you're taking notes. Continued obedience leads to continued breakthrough. L let me say it again. Continued obedience leads to continued breakthrough. One of the major problems with the church is that we as believers tend to stall out in some area. Maybe it's the tithe. Oh, here we go. 
Maybe it's, maybe, it's, uh, maybe it's being faithful to the house of God. Maybe it's using our gifts. Maybe it's scripture. I don't know what it is. And you're wondering why you have stalled out spiritually. Listen to me. Continued obedience leads to continued breakthrough. And if you've not, if you've not obeyed scripture when it comes to water baptism, I want to invite you to do it. You say, Jamie, I, I'm embarrassed. I, I should have done this a long time ago, but, but I didn't. Some of you, the experience was like my experience. I was baptized baptized here in this church when I was eight years old. And let me tell you why. It was because I had this radical encounter with God. Here's why. Everybody lean in because everybody else was doing it. But I didn't get saved until I was in high school. Okay. Um, Some of us, you're like me. You weren't really saved when you got baptized. You were just doing it because you were told to do it. (laughs) You were threatened, right? (laughs) And you better smile when you come up out of that water because we're going to send this to grandma, right? No, this picture. You weren't weren't saved until until later. Can, Can I invite you to do something? Be water baptized. Watch what it'll do for you and watch what it does for the church family. Baptism is how we identify with the body of Christ. Amen. So here's the deal. Every second Sunday here at Woodlake, we have water baptism. Every second Sunday. It doesn't matter if it's one or 100. We will baptize somebody. Here's the website. You can go to baptism.woodlake.church and sign up today. They're going to leave that up there. Leave that up there until I go to the next point because some of you are wrestling right now. Should I, shouldn't I, should I, shouldn't I? You need to be baptized. Now, here's what happens. I really believe there's a definite work of grace that takes place as we're obedient to scripture. You say, Pastor Jamie, are we just trying to get numbers of people baptized? Absolutely not. You heard me say it, whether it's one or 100 people, we're going to baptize. And this is what happens. We have a team of people that'll be here to assist you. Pastor Brandon will meet with you and explain to you what baptism is all about because we want you to know what baptism is all about. Make sure you're ready to make that public declaration of your faith in Jesus Christ. When you come up out of the water here, let me just tell you something. This church family will stand on their feet and applaud. Amen? Amen. Baptism.woodlake.church. Everybody got it? Okay, let's keep going. Here's the last part. I know we're moving quick, but this is where we're gonna really sink our teeth in here today. So, so the Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body of Christ. The disciple baptizes us into water. And number three, listen to me, I'm gonna show you this very clear in scripture. Jesus baptizes in the Holy Spirit or with the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna show you in scripture. Again, some of us here today, maybe you're watching online, you're going to go, I never saw this before. Uh, In Scripture, when you see when Scripture gets repetitive, we need to pay attention. Let me say it this way. Uh, If you see Scripture and you see something repeated twice, boy, you better pay attention. 
In fact, if you read Proverbs, the wisdom literature, there are things that are said over and over. Uh, one of them, Solomon writes, there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death or leads to hell. He says that to at least a couple of different times. That's, we need to pay attention to that. But would you believe that scripture is very clear and over and over and over and over and over again talks about Jesus baptizing in the Holy Spirit? Okay, let me show you. Matthew chapter three, verse 11. John the Baptist, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. You see on the day of Pentecost, the tongues of fire were there. John is saying, I bet if you remember, he was baptizing people in the Jordan, right? That was a baptism of repentance. You're, they were putting their faith in God. Mark chapter one, verse eight says this, John again, I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter three, verse 16, John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come. The straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie, here it goes, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, in Scripture, we have, uh, you have the Gospels, and then you have what they call the synoptic Gospels. Synoptic is just a fancy word that means similar. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are the synoptic or similar Gospels. That means when you read them, uh, everything kind of lines up. And you got John as this outlier. John throws some things in, he leaves some things out. It's just, it's just different. But you know, even John includes this John chapter one, verse 33. The man whom you see the spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. You remember this account. If you studied scripture, Jesus went down to be baptized by John. He was baptized, right, in water. He comes up out of the water. The Holy Spirit, like a dove, comes and descends and remains on him. How many of you remember that story? Then the voice comes from heaven. This is my son whom I am well pleased. What a powerful picture, okay? So there's, there's repentance and salvation, water baptism, and then a baptism in the Holy Spirit. Think about it. Now, you say, did Jesus have to get saved? Well, uh, when we get saved, the Bible describes it this way, that we were born what? Born, born again, right? That's why I love when people say, well, I was just born this way. You may have been. That's why we had to be born again. Isn't it good to know that the Bible, you can't get one over on the Bible. I was born this way. You're absolutely right. You need to be born again. Now you say, did Jesus have to be born again? No, Jesus was born right the first time. Sinless, right? But you see the Holy Spirit coming on Jesus. Can I ask you a question? If Jesus is our ultimate example, Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. And Jesus needed the Holy Spirit to operate in his earthly ministry. How many think that we need the Holy Spirit as well? Okay. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and even John says that we need the Holy Spirit, baptizing in the Holy Spirit, okay? Acts chapter two, 
Verse 38, you see it again, this pattern over and over again. People repent, they come to faith in Jesus, they're water baptized, and they receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, okay? Why is, why is it called the baptism in or with the Holy Spirit? Over and over again, you see that phrase, baptism in or with the Holy Spirit. Um, another Another definition of that word baptize when it's, it's speaking of, of boats or ships means to sink or disable them. Now, are y'all with me? So it doesn't mean just to be immersed or flooded or overwhelmed, but it, when it, especially when, it ter- when in terms of boats or ship, it means to sink them or to disable them altogether. I think that is a beautiful description of our need for the baptism in and with the Holy Spirit. Because I don't know about you, my flesh needs to be sunk. My flesh needs to be disabled. I'm going to say it this way, and and please write this down, because I really think this is very clear. If I am not full of the Holy Spirit, then I tend to be full of myself. Can anybody identify with your pastor here today? Folks, I need the Holy Spirit. You sit here and say, Jamie, I have anger issues at my home. Well, first of all, if you're not a believer, you need to be saved. You need to be water baptized. But then you need to be full of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will drown my flesh. How many of you have experienced that drowning of your flesh? I can remember. In fact, you're going to hear my testimony here in just a moment. If I'm not full of the Holy Spirit, then I tend to be full of myself. Let me show you this pattern over and over again. Acts chapter 8, verses 12 through 17. This is five years after Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, okay? It says, uh, talking about uh, Philip, it says, but when they believed Philip as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus, they were baptized, water baptism, okay? So they were saved, they believed, they were baptized, water baptized, both men and women. Verse 14, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God and they sent Peter and John to Samaria, when they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Listen to this, verse 16, because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 17, then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. If you're sitting there going, Jamie, I've never read that passage of scripture before. All right, we've explained that away. I don't know, you're already bristling up. That's okay, you go home and wrestle with it. And I'm gonna keep piling it on, you ready? Acts chapter 10. This is 10 years after the day of Pentecost, okay? 10 years. So you got, you got the day of Pentecost we've been talking about uh, in, in the book of Acts chapter 2. You got, uh, you got Acts chapter 8, which is five years, and Acts chapter 10, 10 years later. Listen to this. Uh, this is Peter preaching at the home of a, of a Roman military officer, Cornelius. It says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. Don't you love this? For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. And if you missed that message on speaking in tongues, go back. This is a two-parter, so go back and listen to it, okay? Uh, Surely no one can stand in their way from being baptized in water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So we ordered that they be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Let me pause here for just a moment. That's why sometimes here on Sunday morning or even Wednesday nights, uh, in fact, I believe it was last week, Pastor Jordan stood up and, and kind of gave a word. That's why we don't wait till the end a lot of times to let God do his thing around here. I love how Peter was just preaching and while he was preaching, the Holy Spirit, and people began to be baptized in and with the Holy Spirit. So much so that in the middle of his message, they just began to speak in tongues. And the other believers who were super Christians, come on somebody, I love what it says. It said, they were astonished that the Holy Spirit had come on the Gentiles just like they'd come on us. It was at this moment that they had this aha moment that this go and do all the world thing was real. That's why we here at Woodlake care about missions and outreach. They were astonished. And God didn't wait on Peter to get done with a nice three-point sermon and a poem. Can I have an amen? He moved in the middle of it. There's going to be moments in our services where we feel the Holy Spirit moving. And it's, it's time to pray for healing. It's time to pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's time to press in and pray for our kids or pray for our marriages or pray for our country. Folks, we're going to do it. Can I have an amen? Listen. We'll suspend the order. The order of service is just to keep us on track. And they'll tell you, I don't even do that very well. We want God to have his way in this church. So you see it right there. They accepted the message of Jesus Christ. They were baptized in the Holy Spirit and they were also then baptized in water. Okay. I'm gonna keep going. You ready? Acts chapter 19. Listen to this. 25 years after the day of Pentecost. Paul is preaching to the disciples he found in Ephesus, he said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, and I think this is an answer of a lot of churches today, no, we've not even heard there was a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? They said, John's baptism, they replied. Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they got saved. They were baptized in water. Verse six, when Paul placed his hands on him, the whole, them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Over and over and over and over and over again. They were baptized in the body of Christ. That means they, they repented and accepted Jesus by the Holy Spirit. They were baptized in water and then they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Folks, those baptisms are crucial. Now you say, why would I want the gift of the baptism with or in the Holy Spirit? Why would I wanna be sunk or overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit? Jesus said, why in Acts chapter one, verse eight, but you will receive power. Everybody say power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That word in the Greek is dunamis, power, might, strength, ability. Let's forget about Bible times for just a moment. Would you agree that in today's culture, Christians need supernatural power and ability to live for Jesus. <laughs> Folks, I need superpower and, and ability just to make it through Walmart. Hallelujah. 
we live in a day where the devil's going to throw everything he's got at us. And, it, and there are going to be some things that seem right and feel right. We need the power, the ability that only comes through the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8, you will receive power to be a witness. You see this effect. Acts chapter 4, verse 31 says this, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. There is a, there is a supernatural divine boldness that comes with the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 5, verse 42, it says this, that they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news of Jesus, that he is the Messiah. We live in a world that the voice of the church is trying to be silenced. Just because we preach Jesus is Lord, oh, that's hate. Just because we preach a word that contradicts how some people desperately want to live because why? It's their life and you can't tell me what my truth is and if we say something out of the word of God that disagrees, hate speech, hate speech, hate speech. Folks, there's coming a day when we're gonna need the boldness of the Holy Spirit to declare the word of God. Our kids need the boldness of the Holy Spirit to declare and confess. Now, boldness doesn't mean meanness. Somebody needs to write that down. Boldness doesn't mean meanness. You may be here today and you are an introvert. You, listen, that's how God wired you. God can still use you. There's, listen, you may be here today going, I'm an introvert, I'm scared, I'm nervous. There are people that only you can reach but you still need the infilling of the Holy Spirit. We need a boldness. Now, I'm gonna end with this. Some of us have had an experience maybe when we were a kid at kids camp or youth camp or maybe it was a Sunday night service years ago and boy, we're holding to that. Can I just tell you something? Uh, that was an event, but we can still be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you heard me give you that super theological reason why, because we leak. I need a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. But let me tell you what happens in a lot of circles. We relegate it to a type of service or a place, and we say that's that's it. I'm so thankful that the Holy Spirit is not relegated to a type of service or a place. And for some of you, you're terrified of, of, of an experience like that in public. And you think, I just, I'm just turned off by that. That's okay, listen to me. When I was saved in high school, I, I gave my heart to the Lord, like legitimately. My faith became my faith, not grandma's faith, not mom and dad's faith. It became my faith. And I began to grow and I was baptized by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ. I was saved and I was, I was hungry. I, I, wanted, I wanted God to move. You say, Jamie, what about your water baptism? You know what happened to me? I was actually with a group of friends in college and we were traveling and representing our, our, our Bible college and we were in, listen to this, <laughs> listen to this, Dakota, Oklahoma, at a, I don't remember the name of the hotel, but let's just say this, it had like the outside, it was one story and like the outside doors. Some of you are like, I'd rather sleep in my car in one of those places. And they had a hot tub. 
And my friends and I, late at night, there were people partying around the pool, drinking, doing all sorts of stuff. And man, we began to just talk about what God was doing in our life. And I was convicted. I said, y'all, I was, I was baptized, <laughs> you know, and it didn't mean anything to me. And I remember one of my friends, he was, a, he was a senior at that time. He said, you need to be baptized. I go, you're right, man. When we're back at you, he said, no, no, let's baptize you right now. And there's about 10 of my friends in a hotel pool with people partying all around us. I'll never forget coming up out of the water. And I, I was, I, I tell you, it, it, was a, it was a powerful moment, but I'll never forget hearing beer bottles fall over on, on the pool deck. <laughs> but why? I wanted to be obedient and I didn't want to wait. But let me tell you what happened to me. I was struggling with the call of God on my life. I, how, how many of you ever have your plans? I'm going to do it this way, God. And, and you ask God to bless your plans without surrendering your plans to him. And everybody in here has done that. And I was wrestling with God. You, you will always lose that wrestling match. I'll just tell you that right now. I was, re- God, I have a plan. I'm going to do it. I'm going to serve you, but I'm going to do it this way, God. And, you know, and I knew God was calling me into ministry, but I was terrified to tell anybody, right? I didn't tell a soul. I thought, I'll just get more involved in church because I have a plan, right? What do ministers do all day? That was my thought. I've never asked that question since. This is what happened. I was wrestling with God. Oh, I was wrestling with God. Some of you have heard this story before. I was actually driving to church on a Wednesday night. I was going to the youth group and I was, man, I was arguing with God. I had my, I was putting a death grip on the steering wheel. Just, you know, oh, oh God, you, come on. I'm, I, you, know, you, you ever do that with God before? Is he speaking in tongues? No, he's arguing with God. And I'll never forget, I pulled up to a stop sign, okay, on 31st Street, and I'm sitting there, and I was listening to the radio. You heard me say this before, but back in those days, we didn't have a lot of Christian radio choices. We had the Oasis Network. <laughs> but I was trying, right? I found an oasis of love. In case you all know what I'm talking about. But I was trying, man. And I'll never forget, they just had a radio little talk show going on. It's just some guy talking about God and God's good and that sort of thing. And he's just talking about God. And, and I'll never forget, he just paused on the radio. I'm listening to it. He goes, hey, I don't know why I need to tell this, but some of you are wrestling with the call of God on your life. And, and uh, well, I just found myself driving with God. And he said this, white knuckling the steering wheel. And every time I come to a stop sign, I just argue with him. I'm like, ah! Hey, if you've been here over the last several weeks, that was a word of knowledge, wasn't it? As a gift happening. Went to church that night, didn't hear anything. My pastor, Pastor Dave Mubrin was our youth, but didn't hear anything he was saying. I went home that night, still just, oh man, I just felt like there was a weight on my chest. Why? Because I had a plan. I'll serve you, God, but just don't mess up my plan. And I'll never forget Waking, I sat 5323 East 36th Street. I sat up in bed. I looked at my little green alarm clock. Remember when you had alarm clocks? 4.23 a.m. And I just said, Lord, I'm all yours. Charles Finney called it waves of liquid love. Let me tell you what happened to me. The Holy Spirit came on me so intense. I don't know if I fell, jumped, or was knocked out of my bed. I have no idea. All I know is the next thing I know 
is I'm on my floor next to my bed filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, praising God for about the next hour. The presence of God was so undeniably thick in my room, I was afraid to open my eyes. And when I got up off that floor and back in bed, it's the reason why I'm standing here today. Now, pastor, hold on. Here's what I love about it. Nobody pushed me down. Nobody laid their hands on me and say, come on, tie my bow tie a bunch and you're gonna get it, son. (laughs) Come on, say you wanna buy a Honda. Nobody wants to buy a Honda. We talked about that. Nobody touched me. I had an authentic, powerful Acts chapter one, verse four, Acts chapter one, verse eight experience that nobody will ever take it away from me. And I seek that experience every week. Does it happen like that all the time? No. Sometimes it's in the back of the prayer service where I'm just pacing back and forth and boy, those waves come over me once again. Sometimes it's in the altars down here. Sometimes it's in my truck driving. Yes, God can get you. In fact, somebody, we actually received a testimony during this series that somebody was actually at the stop sign here at 101st and Mingo and they were just praying and God baptized them in the Holy Spirit right here. He will get you if you'll be open to receive from him. Folks, we need the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So we've left a little bit of time. I've I've gone long here a little bit, but we're gonna just take some time to wait on the Lord. Jesus said, hey, wait until you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Our prayer partner, we're gonna kick it back into worship here in just a moment, and prayer partners are gonna be up front, and uh, if you'd like somebody to pray with you to receive the baptism, you're here. If some of us, you just wanna sit here and linger in the service, that's fine. Our next service starts here at 10 o'clock, 10.45. There you go, sorry. Uh, you can still stay, it don't matter, okay? If you wanna wait on the Lord and just receive, that, that, that's fine. Nobody's gonna push you down, nobody's gonna do anything, but we're gonna pray, we're gonna pray that we receive the gift that was promised to every believer. Now, if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with the Lord, uh, you need to be baptized into the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit. But maybe as I've been talking today, you're like, man, I need that. I need, what do I need? Well, it's simply this. The Bible says that every one of us have sinned. We've made mistakes. We've fallen short. And the consequences of our sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life because scripture says that God loved us so much he gave his only son, Jesus Christ, to pay our penalty once and for all for all of our sin and all of our mistakes. Aren't you glad that Jesus paid it all? He paid it all. In fact, here in just a couple of weeks, we're gonna talk about what all actually means. Some of us need to hear that. But the Bible makes it real clear, simply this, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So here's the question. Do you need to be saved today? Do you need to cross over from death to life to relationship with God? I'm gonna ask everyone in here to bow your heads and close your eyes. If you're watching online, Pastor Dennis is right there ready to pray with you. But you'd say, Jamie, that's me. I need to cross over. I I need to be saved. I need to be forgiven today. I need to start a new life with Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never had a relationship with him or maybe you've just toyed with religion. But today you say, I need to cross over from death into life. The Holy Spirit's tugging at your heart today. If that's you on the count of three, all I want you to do is raise your hand. We're all gonna pray. But you're saying, Jamie, that's me. I'm saying yes to Jesus. Here we go. One, two, three. That's me. Anybody in the house, hold a hand up for just a moment. If you're watching online, Pastor Dennis is right there. Let him know about the decision you just made. Anybody, I'll wait for just a moment. You're saying yes to Jesus. We've had people respond like crazy over the last several weeks. 
Amen. I want everybody to pray this prayer with me. And if you're new with us here today, you just let me be your pastor, okay? We call this the prayer of faith. Everyone say it, dear Jesus. You are the son of God. You died for me, for my sin, in my place. Come into my life, forgive me, and make me new. And from this day forward, with your help, I'm all yours. In your name I pray, amen. At Woodlake Church, our passion is to help you connect with God, find your sweet spot in ministry, and grow in your faith. Everyone is welcome at Woodlake. If you've never been to church before in your life, or if you're a lifelong Christian, Woodlake is a place where you can experience real and lasting spiritual growth. Music is upbeat. The messages are straight from God's word. They're very practical. We also have great programs for infants through 12th grade. I mean, we have something for everyone. Come check us out this weekend. I promise you'll be glad you did.